Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Had a lot of you clamoring. You wanted some college basketball talk. So no one better than Zach Braziller from the New York Post to talk about it. Hey, Zach, how are you? Hey, you doing, Lori? How's it going? I'm doing well. You know, I want to get to the game, break it down, talk about both teams, the matchup, all of that. But I also, look, one of the biggest stories coming out of this game were the comments made afterwards by Rick Patino about the players transferring the rules, name and likeness, and how the NCAA can't police any of this. And and so, first of all, can you, um, yeah, I don't know, speak Patino for us and explain a little <laughs> bit what he said and maybe why he said it after this game at this time? You know, I think there were a few things in play. You know, first of all, his team is struggling. They lost five of six. And so I think some of it, he was venting a little bit. Some of it, I think he was talking to some of his donors and money people and saying, look, we, um, we need to get, we need to get going. And look, we need more talent if we're going to compete and beat the likes of UConn, you know, Marquette and Creighton, the three best teams in the league. Um, I know, I know there were some St. John's fans that were a little, uh, I guess stunned by some of what he said. You know, Patino is known. You know, I've experienced it this year. He's going to say stuff just in the heat of the moment that maybe you know you don't read too far into. Look, St. John's is in a good spot with NIL for the most part. Um, you know, they brought in a ton of transfers this year with Patino. Um, he's really brought brought buzz and excitement to this program. I think some people maybe are thought expected a little more so far this year. Um, even though it is his first year, they're right on the NCAA tournament bubble. But I think some of it was him talking to donors and, and look, I, I don't think they're like players that are on the verge of leaving this moment, but I think he was kind of just saying like, this is the new world we live in where it's, you know, it's free agency and it's, you're going to have different rosters vastly different rosters every year. And one of his biggest strengths as a coach is player development and having guys, you know, one thing I think that is misconstrued about his history is people always assume, you know, kind of connect him with these great players, but it's not necessarily, he's not Calipari where he's bringing in five-star guys who are in school for one year. He's, he's a guy who's developing guys and making them into NBA players. You know, while Calipari kind of inherits these guys, he's developing them. And look, 
challenge now in, in terms of the transfer portal era where just guys are, are moving on year to year. Didn't he, on some level, though, also benefit from that? The challenge, you know, they're the challenges of, of player movement, but he came to St. John's and built a roster out of players that were, um, you know, transports. Yeah, look, there's, I mean, there's, there's no doubt. Um, it, it speeds up rebuilds. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, they, like I mentioned, they brought in a, a ton of new players. His point guard at Iona, Danis Jenkins, is their best player. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know where they would be without him. So yeah, no, there's, there's no question about that. I don't, I don't know if he was necessarily complaining about it. Um, you know, he's, you know, several times, I mean, countless times has basically said, um, you know, he's for NIL. He, you know, that he thinks players deserve to be paid. Um, yeah. Yeah. To be, you know, to be rewarded. Um, and, you know, this was the first, really the first time he's really kind of spoken out about player movement. Um, but I think a lot of this was venting. I think some, some of this frustration. Was just, okay. Yeah. Just, just, just kind of sometimes, you know, he's, I found, you know, when you expect when you expect him to zig in these post game press conferences, he zags, and, <laughs> and obviously when you expect him to zag, he zigs. You know, when I expect real negativity and him to be upset, he's kind of been optimistic. When I expect the other way around, he's you know he's gone the other way. Uh, one thing I've you know learned just from talking to people and getting to know him is, you know, sometimes he says things in the moment that are going to draw headlines that, you know. He probably wishes he didn't say, but that's the way he is. He's he's look. He's seventy one. He's he's going to speak his mind. He's not going to, you know, worry about what people think. Um, but I I don't think based on what he said, he's any less all in on on winning at St. John's than you know he was. I I had some quiet time with him on Friday night. Um, you know, at the ninety eight ninety nine player reunion, and he seemed very energized and excited about you know his time at St. John's. So I. I, I don't think people should read too much into those comments. Talking to Zach Braziller about Rick Pitino and St. John's. And all right, so to the game Saturday at Madison Square Garden, number one UConn Huskies um, coming in to play St. John's and Pitino. And it's supposed to be a St. John's home game at the Garden. And Let's start with that. Is it felt to me like this was a little bit of a subway series where you have a divided crowd. It, it, it felt like a tournament game. It felt like you know uh, both both sides had had their crowd there, but it did feel like edge still to UConn. What, what kind of describe the atmosphere and how you would break that down? Yeah, I, like, I, I thought it was absolutely electric. It was. I thought the crowd was awesome. Um, it was loud before a tip. It 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 was it was a ton of fun. Um, you know, I, I thought the on the court level it was much more St. John's. Upstairs talking to people, it was more UConn. I thought the first half when it was a really even game, I thought St. John's was louder. Um, mm-hmm. Then in the second half where UConn really dominated, obviously you had the UConn chance and St. John's fans didn't have nearly as much to cheer about. Right. But look, look, UConn is. You know, last 25 years, won four titles. Um, they're they're defending champs. They're the number one team in the country. Their fans have a lot to be excited about. St. John's has has won a tournament game since 2000, and the Tino's talked about how their brand has basically been kind of gone because they haven't won anything in so long, 
and that the key is building it back up. Um, you know, the crowds so far this year, Coutinho have been decent. Um, not quite as good as I expected, but look, Villanova, they had 13,000. It was a real St. John's crowd. It was probably 90, 95% St. John's. Similar crowd when they had Marquette at the Garden. Um, but yeah, look, I think, I think it was maybe slightly more than 50% St. John's. I just think, you know, especially if you watch that second half, you know, it's, UConn was controlling the game. And so their fans had a lot, had a lot to cheer about and clearly were louder at, at that point. Yeah, and I thought with St. John's, you know, through certainly the first half ends and it's uh, 37-36 St. John's. And through midway through midway through the second half, you know, it had been back and forth and then suddenly with, you know, 8:54 left, um, you know, in the second half, so about 9 minutes left, a foul there and, you know, can uh UConn is uh is fouled. And now with the foul shots, we're talking double-digit lead. And then after that, it just was too much. And and the story of the game, you know, the obvious, is just that UConn had... The interesting thing with Connecticut is that they are so versatile. They can play any style. They can beat you in so many ways. They have length if, you know, uh, if that's what's needed. Um, they have speed. They have scoring. They have versatility. But even on a, on a day when, you know, they're playing without Alex Caravan, you just have Newton and Spencer and Castle, and there were these multiple scores for UConn. And as you mentioned with Danis Jenkins, it just felt like St. John's really just had one of them and UConn had three. Yeah, look, uh, UConn to me is the number one team in the country. I think they're the best team in the country, especially if Castle, he's, you know, he's a freshman and people think he's got a good chance to be a lottery pick. If he's going to play like this, when St. John's and UConn played in late December, it was a very close game. UConn won by four in Hartford. Castle was not like this. He's really coming on and if he's going to perform like this I, I don't know if anyone's beating UConn in March uh, but yeah look right now St. John doesn't have enough help for Jenkins Soriano Joel Soriano their star center's been up and down he was not good against UConn really not um, good I mean right, I, I thought really especially when you know you were talking about some foul trouble for Klingon you know I thought there was a real opportunity that they would feed the ball to Soriano that he would make a statement there Six points and four rebounds. Yeah, look, he, he did not play well. Um, they they need to get more guys going. You know, they've this was look, they start four and one in the league and a big part of that was it was the soft they're playing, you know, some of the middle to bottom pack of the te- teams in the league. Now they're in this stretch, they've lost five or six where they've played they've gone to Creighton, they've played Marquette, they've played UConn, they've gone to Xavier, they've gone to Seat Hall, and they're struggling. Um, now look they could have the, the the Creighton and Marquette games were one point losses. They usually could have won those games, but right now they're just a team that to me does not have a lot of confidence. And the one thing they have going for them is that back end of that schedule is soft. You know they get to play. They haven't played DePaul and Georgetown. I think they're the only team in the league that hasn't played the DePaul and Georgetown. By far the two worst yep. teams in the league. So that's a chance now that to, to kind of build up some confidence. And look, they they to me they have four. They have four key games. They have Creighton, Seton Hall at home. They go to Butler and Providence. They can split those four or even win three of those four. I think they're going to the tournament. If they, you know, lose three of those four or even worse, 
they're not going to go to the tournament. I think it's pretty simple. Um, and I know a lot of St. John's fans are down, but you shouldn't be down about losing to UConn. UConn's the best team in the country. UConn is loaded. Even without Caravan, they're terrific. You know? Um, and you mentioned their versatility. The funny thing is, I thought they were um, much better on offense without Queen. You know, with Quiggity, it was like he was kind of clogging up the lane, mm-hmm. and, yep. you, and you took him out, and it kind of opened the kind of opened the floor up a little bit. And I thought they were even better without him on offense. And that's not a knock on him. He's a terrific player. He changes their defense, but they're just so explosive on the wing and, and on a perimeter. With as you mentioned, Spencer Newton and Castle, and you know even Hassan Diar is a nice player, and, and they have some other guys. Uh, but yeah, look, it's. You know, it's obviously been an up and down first year for St. John's with Patino. It's clearly an improvement on what they've been. You know, the fact that they're right in the mix uh, for the tournament here in their first season to me is a positive. I know fans probably expected a little more. Um, some of the transfers haven't quite panned out, but look, it's you know they still have they still have nine league games left. I felt all along that they could be around 500 through the first 14 or so league games. They'd be in great shape because. Of, you know the back end of that schedule, so we'll we'll see. They have to pull on Tuesday. You would you would think they'll they'll cruise then, and then they got to find a way to win a few road games. Yeah, we've um, we've mentioned his name a couple times, but um, you know Cam Spencer um, as and and talking about player movement um, and and players you can you know get and you know as a transfer that can can help your team, but. How important is he and has he been to UConn and for this team that what is the defending national champions? Um, how much better does he make them? Yeah, I mean, he's been huge because you think about it, they lost Jordan, you know, Jordan Hawkins, who was one of their best players last year in the NBA, and there was no automatic replacement. And they went after uh, Nick Timberlake, a transfer from George Mason, who ended up going to Kansas, and he's been a complete non-factor for Kansas. So UConn kind of kind of, you know, fell into Spencer in a way. He ends up in the portal. They get up. And, I mean, he's been terrific. He, he was a nice player at Rutgers last year. But, I I mean, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect him to be this good. I understand he's got – he's surrounded by more talent at UConn. So, you could you could say that's part of it. But uh, he's, he's been terrific. He was great on – he was great on Saturday. He's, you know, he's been really good in a lot of their big wins. You know, he took that North Carolina, Indiana, Texas – um, some of their league games. I mean, he's, you know, I, I he's, I've been, you know, he, you can make the argument he's been the most impactful transfer in the Big East. Yeah. Um, all right, Zach. Before I let you go, because I always call you Slash, you're Mr. You're Mr. <laughs> Versatile. So, wanted your opinion on something. I gave my, um, you know, uh, opinion on this. But talking about it, as I look ahead to the Super Bowl, and if the Chiefs win. I certainly think they're a dynasty. My question to you is, um, what what to you constitutes a dynasty? How many championships in what period of time does a team have to win, do you think, to call them a dynasty? You know, it's fascinating because I, I always kind of felt like the Spurs back in the Duncan era were a dynasty, even though, you know, they obviously didn't win, like, necessarily three in a row. Um, I think if you, if you go two or three in five years, or if then you can get four to five in ten, I think that's a dynasty, you know, in this day and age of free agency and, you know, it, and it's so hard to win, you know, back to back. And, yep. Um, yeah, I, I think two or three and five years definitely constitutes 
And I think if you get to four or five over, you know, a decade, it constitutes it. And look, you, you know, obviously the players are going to be different. <laughs> There's no question about that. But when you have the same coach, the same quarterback, you know, like what the Patriots had, now you had that with the Chiefs, I think that would definitely, um, you know, definitely merit it. Pretty, pretty, I mean, pretty stunning to me that the Chiefs kept on being underdogs. I mean, just yeah. as long as Mahomes is there, it's like, it, it, it almost felt like, look, I'm not a gambler, but it almost felt like free money. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. It's like, really, we're going to bet against Patrick Mahomes here because um, this seems like a this seems like a bad idea. Um, and then I'll give you one more in terms of. And by the way, my definition, I said you got to go three titles within seven years. I know that sounds arbitrary on the seven, but uh, but I feel like beyond that, you start to get a a different um, sort of team maybe turning over. So. Um, you know, in terms of roster, but you give me three within seven years, um, I'll call you a dynasty. And then question two, and this is the last one before I let you go. I, I see Rocco uh, on hold, wants to talk Super Bowl. I'll be there in a second. But um, question two is, I was talking earlier about the Knicks, obviously, and all the excitement and what they have um, going on. How do you define when um, – the difference between, let's say, there's an all-star and a superstar, and I'm, I'm talking about Jalen Brunson. And we've been saying the Knicks needed, obviously, you know, you got to have that superstar um, if you want to think that you can potentially be a, a title contender. And really, you want, like, two of them if you're going to win a, um, a title. And what to you is, you know, what's the definition of a superstar? I think I think it's a guy who who made, who just makes a difference in the playoffs. You know, who who you can count on every every game in the playoffs to be there for you and to be a you know to be a difference maker and to carry you. And that and that's why I think you can make the argument that Brunson is that guy. You know, you, you look at his last year in Dallas when he was just so good in the playoffs. You look at last year in the playoffs where he you know basically was the only reason the Knicks even had a shot against the Heat uh, was absolutely terrific in that series. And, and, you know, lately he's kind of been playing like he did in the playoffs where it was just like, whatever is needed of me, I'm going to do. I mean, that to me is, you know, is what makes a superstar. You know, it, it's one thing to put up, you know, hot, you know, numbers during the regular season that are, you know, it's the guys that do it every night in the playoffs. It's why Jimmy Butler is so great is because in the playoffs he rises. And I think you can see that in the last two postseasons with Brunson. The playoffs, he has risen to the occasion, and he's been that that rock every game his team has needed it. And that's, I mean, you know, why I think you can make that argument that he's a superstar. He's at least, to me, he's get he's he's at least in the conversation of that player. I mean, when you just look at what he's done here. Yeah, I, I think you know, I think I I think we've gone beyond forget All Star. You know, all All NBA they have they go three teams. You're talking about 15 players. I mean, to me, he's All NBA, and now we're talking about is he a top 10 player potentially in the league? Um, we're we're at least in the conversation there, um, which you know. Who would have thought that the right. Knicks, who've been in the desert searching for a superstar for so long, um, actually could have one sort of find them for um, a, a discount contract? Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I covered him a lot in college at Villanova, and I 
And look, he'd be a, a nice backup point guard in the NBA for 10 years. Um, I, look, he was a phenomenal player. I just, I never thought the, you know, the game would quite translate the way it has. And he's just a guy that's gotten better and better. It's just, it's just so remarkable just to see his development if you followed his career because he's, he just defies the critics and he's just getting better and better. Yeah. And, and to your point about college, I mean, whether it's, um, you know, I don't know if he's six feet tall, six one, he's listed as six two. I said this before, um, if, if we were at the NFL Combine, he'd probably lose the 40-yard dash to every other player that's out there on the court. He would, you know, he doesn't have, if you're talking about hang time and high jump or any of that, um, and hops, you know, he's going to lose on all those things. But he, he does probably have the best footwork in the NBA right now, and he's a guy who has just worked and made himself better and better year after year. Yeah, it's- uh, you know, it, it's kind of a, a testament to, you know, some, sometimes you just got to watch the guy play. You know, right. we, we see this in, in the NBA and the NFL so often, um, you know, where when you look at the draft and look, it took him time. There's, there's no question about that, but you do see that in these drafts where, you know, teams just look at projection and length and, and, you know, height and all that stuff. That's, that's obviously important. I'm not trying to diminish that. But sometimes you guys just kind of watch the guy play because sometimes that tells you just as much, if not more. And he mentioned, like, Brunson, you know, as a combine, I'm sure you didn't wow people with his, you know, his length or his athleticism or his quickness. But you know where he did wow people? If you watched him play for three years ago and just saw how, you know, he would score on anyone and, he, you know, he can, he can make plays for his teammates. It didn't, it didn't matter that he was, you know, six feet, six one, that he wasn't the most athletic guy. He just he just fought the game faster and better than anyone. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing now is a guy that just, you know, he, he knows what he's doing and what he's gonna do. And he's like two, three steps ahead of everyone. And that that's what makes great players. You know, you know, that everyone's such a good athlete and and, and so talented at this level. But it's the guys who kind of think the game ahead of everyone. That makes it so good. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. 
in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.